How do you move forward when your business model relies not only on interacting with people directly, but entering their homes to install, repair, or replace the systems we rely on to keep our homes comfortable? Jeff Allen with Allen Service Plumbing, Heating, and Air is no stranger to the dynamic environment of small business. With nearly 60 years serving Northern Colorado, his company has been through economic downturns and business conditions that have made it critical for him to pivot. Jeff's personal experience has a lot to offer for small business owners in times of change and crisis. Let's roll up our sleeves and get to work. I'm Stephen Krause, and this is Pivot to Profit, an up and to the right audio podcast where we focus on what business owners like you are doing right now to manage, maintain, and even grow their small businesses under stress and during crisis. It's time to get down to real business. This is episode two, Jeff Allen with Allen Service Plumbing, Heating, and Air. I just want to cover some main points real quick before we get into the interview, the takeaways from this, why you should keep listening uh, beyond the introduction. Um, uh, Jeff Allen is a friend of mine. Uh, he, he and his brother, uh, Mike, own Allen Service. And uh, I wanted to get his perspective on how they are handling the uh, pandemic and, and the, the business environment that that puts us all in. And so there's some, some uh, important takeaways. Of course, he introduces the, the services that Allen uh, Service uh, has for the community. Um, but then we talked about recognizing potential disruption in your industry. We talked about pivoting to meet your goals and passion, not just pivoting uh, for crisis, although we certainly covered that. Um, but there are other times when you need to pivot. And uh, we talked about that. Uh, we talked about operating as an essential business. Uh, we talk about employee safety and zero contact in-home services, which I think is going to be really important for other uh, service providers. How can you provide a service that is so um, intimate? It's such an intimate interaction because you're actually sending a, a representative into somebody's home, somebody's private space to do some work. And what does that look like? And, and how can we do it safely? And then we talked about a, a gem about indoor quality, indoor air quality, which I was not as familiar with as, as I might have hoped. I've always known that indoor air quality can be um, actually worse for us than outdoor air. It turns out that that's, that is, in fact, the case. Um, but we also have tools that we can use to mitigate that. And I didn't, I didn't really realize that. And I was so excited to hear about the services um, and products that we can use to actually reduce the allergens, contaminants, and contagions in our homes uh, where we're spending so much time right now during the pandemic. So uh, that was really great. And then uh, he touched on remote working for employees. So there's this, there's a lot of uh, stuff packed into this. We did go a little bit long, but uh, like I said, Jeff and I are, are friends, and, and uh, uh, I hope that uh, some of the back and forth a little bit will... Um, uh, You'll bear with us while we get to uh, some of the, the meat of the, the topic. Um, so without further ado, here's the interview. I'm joined today by Jeff Allen with Allen Service Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Your, uh, I'm, all right, I'm going to put it where I can read it. Maybe get my readers on since I'm not on TV. Um, there you go. <laughs> okay. I'm joined today by Jeff Allen with Allen Service Plumbing, Heating, and Air, the name you know and trust for 59 years this year. Thank you for joining us, Jeff. I'm glad to be part of this. Yeah, so uh, tell us a little bit about 
the company about Allen Service Plumbing, Heating, and Air, and uh, you know maybe how you guys got started, and uh, uh, are you have you always been local to Northern Colorado? Maybe tell us a little bit about how you arrived here. Well, we've been in business for what we're in our sixth decade now, if you want to call it that. Uh, my parents are originally from South Texas. Uh, moved up here in 1962 um, and started the business. Um, we are a family-owned and run business. My brother Mike and I both run the business now. Our parents have obviously retired and uh, have earned that right. Um, we are a home service company um, taking care of uh, Homes in northern Colorado are markets Fort Collins, Loveland, Greeley, Windsor, and all the small communities that encompass that along our northern Colorado front range. Um, originally, our company, uh, when my father started it, was uh, installing residential new construction systems, and we did that for number of years uh and if you are in the new construction business there uh naturally a service component comes out of that uh and grew the company quite well we were at one time in northern colorado did probably 70 percent of all residential new construction i do remember that uh that number being told me um when i was uh, coming into the business early on um in the Late 70s, early 80s, if people remember that, uh, when the economy uh, really slowed down, residential building um, was uh, at, really slowed its pace at that time. And that's when we got into light commercial new construction also, all the time uh, continuing to grow the service uh, component for plumbing primarily and then uh later on into HVAC, the um, heating and cooling side. Um, during our last recession, uh, 2006-2007, I think that most people painfully remember, we decided it was a really good idea to get out of the new construction um, side of things, and we threw all our effort into uh, service, and not just service the uh, home service component. Um, took us a few years to finish the contracts we had on new construction and get into that. Now, for over 10, maybe 12 years now, we've been a, uh, a service company 100% and really uh, um, I'm appreciative of the fact that that's all we do now. We use our single line focus uh, get to take care of service, both plumbing and on our uh, heating and cooling or HVAC side. Yeah, that's great. So, so uh, it's interesting. So you guys are really are uh, hometown heroes, and um, it sounds like you're no stranger to pivoting. You know, in 2008, 2009, when you had that, that we had that recession, and you had to make some choices about that. Uh, uh, so you have you you've already gone through uh, a pretty serious. Uh, business pivot in your in your business and in, in at least in terms of the the last you know 15 years 
We have. And I think that any company that's able to stay in business uh, for this period of time, uh, being nimble, flexible as you possibly can, always try to stay on the front end of any changes that are coming, um, even though it's painful at times, I get that. And I always have a lot of respect for companies that have been able to make the transition from decade to decade. Um, I know it's not easy, and I have a huge appreciation for those, uh, uh, both family-owned companies that are able to make that transition, but also corporations that are able to make that as they're moving forward. And so um, my, I, I think it's because our uh, how my brother and I are wired for uh, when we see things coming, the winds of change, we want to make sure that we make appropriate changes within our company and work with our team so that we can move forward. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When uh, uh, about a year after I, I took over directed energy in the early two thousands, I made the decision to pivot away from customs. We had done 30% of our business was on custom units and at that time, I'll be honest with you, we, all of my engineers were just terrified and, and I lost a lot of sleep myself. Um, the problem is the profitability on customs is, is very hard to gauge. And also in this case, we knew we weren't profitable on most of them. And so we had to get away from it, but, but turning away all that revenue was a very difficult choice. Did you guys... Did you guys have moments when you were you had someone come to you with a contract and you're like, oh, I'd really like to take that, but that's not where we're going? That's exactly the sentiment. We had um, talked about the idea of becoming a service-only company even 10 years before we actually did. Is it the right thing to do? Um, new construction is a very thin margin business. Um, and I think the company of our size, frankly and honestly, we weren't as nimble as we needed to be to work on that height of margins to be a healthy company and to do the right thing and to provide the service we did to our new construction side. Um, on, on that end, it's usually the low price bid case, as you know, in your business, that's um, different areas that you get into. That's, that's just the economics of the game. So um, we decided that we were much better at the customer service end. And then we priced ourselves appropriately to support that from paying a good, honest wage for our team so that they can live our American dream, whatever that might be, um, to make sure that we can stand behind what we put in and um, support warranties, guarantees, et cetera. Um, training. Oh my gosh, we train constantly. And you have to, and you should want to. It's sharpening the saw both technically and customer service wise um, in trying to stay on the leading edge of what's going on today. So, and there's an additional expense to that. It's, um, so whenever you put all those components together, uh, it's much easier or more obvious that um, the going service instead of the uh, new construction um, where you're frankly considered a commodity. Um, That's just the decision we make. And I have friends that are on the new construction side in all those areas and God bless them. Um, And they're 
pretty darn good at it, but that's what they do. So, and I think we're pretty darn good at what we do on our side also. Yeah. And I, I, I totally hear what you're saying. And I like, um, what you said about being viewed as a commodity, because one of the things I, I really advocate for business owners is to, um, if, if you're going to be a commodity, you need to own it, but you can't walk it. Well, you can, but it's really hard to walk the line between being a commodity and wanting to be something different. And so, uh, finding ways to differentiate yourself from the commodity. In fact, uh, I just did a podcast, uh, uh, an episode of up and to the right about, uh, finding ways to remove yourself from the commodity that is closest to what you offer so that you can increase uh, the bi- the business value and the value of your offering. So, um, yeah, that's right on. So this, uh, this whole pivot to profit segment is all about uh, overcoming adversity in business. And obviously in today's day and age, we're uh, starting this during uh, the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, I, I hope to continue it beyond that, but we have a very specific uh, issue that we're dealing with as businesses. And in many people are calling it unprecedented in, and, and I think in terms of, of our generation or, you know, the, the generations that are alive right now, we weren't alive during the, the Spanish flu. So we do have unprecedented for us, an event, um, economic disruption itself is not, is not unprecedented. I, I, I did a, an analysis of my own work history a little while ago and, and I've never gone more than eight years in my career without a major economic disruption, whether it was in my local bit, not local, like geographic local, but in my, in my industry or whether it was, uh, countrywide and worldwide. So we're not, even though we're, we're, uh, uh, not, we haven't gone through that. We are not strangers to, uh, adversity, but this one is different because it, it, made us question how we're approaching the way we deliver service and how we approach the safety and security of our coworkers and our teams. And so I'd like to, to take the next step in, in asking you, how has uh, your uh, business been specifically impacted by COVID-19? Um, and, and maybe you can share a little bit about what's, what's going on with you guys around that. Sure. Um, be happy to. So I think maybe the, the, the best way to get into that would be let's begin at the beginning. And um, I think like most uh, listening to the news and uh, what's going on globally and then how it hit us and impact us nationally and then locally. It was kind of it felt like that. And it came quickly. Um I, I think that the emotional um, events uh, were impactful as they were to us as it would be to anyone. First, uh, you know, you go through, is this really happening? Uh, certain uh, levels of denial and, okay, it's real, it's coming. What are you going to do about it? Who are you going to be uh, as we move forward? So, um, I do remember specifically uh, my brother and I getting together and uh, feeling like uh, here we go, not necessarily again, but let's 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 figure this out. And so um, 
by mid-March when things were getting, um, when the front was coming at us pretty quick, um, we looked at uh, a few different areas. One of the things that we knew we had to do was, uh, number one, have an understanding on what business are we in. Um, thankfully, we are considered an essential business. Um, and I, I think I've talked in the past about uh, my honest opinion, all businesses are essential, but has put out by guidelines are um, what kind of business uh, contributes to the health health and safety of, um, of our community. Um, and being in the trades, plumbing, heating, electrical, and other, uh, we're being, we're us being the plumbing and then the heating and cooling side, uh, whether you're in the service component or new construction, we are an essential business, uh, given those guidelines. And so, uh, that's a relief. You can check that box. What's next? Okay. Um, uh, and it was a, a two-pronged effort, I guess, if you want to call it one, was our marketing. Um, uh, we are a uh, pretty significant marketer of what we do in northern Colorado. So um, one of the things that we felt was very important was to, A, let everyone know that we are in a central business. And number two, we are still in business and continue to and will be available as we move forward. Um, and the common sense of that is regardless of where people are at, if you're, especially if you're quarantined at home, um, those home systems still have issues. Things break down, things back up, um, lack of heat, lack of coolant, all those things that we normally experience are going to continue to happen. And so we need to be available for that. So we, um, we're going to drive a um, significant effort to make sure we're marketing properly. The messaging um, also was that uh, we adopted early on that we would have a zero contact is what we coined it. It was no contact, non-contact uh, um, way of going to business, just like, most people are. Um, and what does that look like? Uh, and a side note here is uh, we, even though we have every safe component um, as recommended by the uh, health officials that, um, and we've marketed that quite heavily, what we found on the other side was actually is I think that our clients, our customers were more appreciative that the fact that we took this very seriously and we continue to than the actual absolute zero contact. And what that looks like, Steve, is it's anything from literally I'll be away from home while you do our service and we can video conference or talk on the phone, whatever is most comfortable and efficient for the customer, or knock on the front door, stand back several feet, have our preliminary conversation and they go to a remote area of the home. So we are not in direct contact all the time wearing correct um, PPE to keep our clients safe and also keep our team safe. Um, and what we found was most that was appreciated and utilized by a small segment, but the vast majority of our clients there, they were, 
not only appreciative, they would wear their proper face masks, kept social, proper social distancing and such like that. But they would, it really didn't change our, our call, our service call that much differently. So, um, but you got to get used to that. It is a little bit of a new normal as we're getting through that. So I thought I'd do that as a little bit of a a side note is that I was uh, just as um, surprised by, we didn't have to go switch all the way over. And by the way, many of the things that we do anyway, whether you're working with drains, we work in some dirty, nasty areas uh, of the home because that's what we do. And many elements of the PPE we use all the time anyway. You know, there uh, it can be kind of a nasty situation or dusty, dirty, um, wearing everything from safety glasses to face coverings to booties so that we don't track other stuff into your home and we keep your home safe and protected from damage, those types of things. So that's covering the marketing standpoint, but I think what is actually more important is our team, our human element here. We, because we had, just like us, our team has anxiety uh, about what's going on. So I think the biggest, best thing we did is we got, we have a great leadership management team here at Allen Services that we talked a lot about how can we um, proceed forward? How can we work and feel comfortable and confident as we move forward that we're going to provide safe, uh, workplace for our people and then also when we're doing what we do because our factory floor is in someone's home uh, how can we do that to interface uh, safely in our clients home so um, a lot of training uh, uh, a lot of open conversations uh, being able to voice um, their um, anxieties about what's going on fully understanding and appreciating that just like most uh uh, several of our people either have family members that uh, are taking care of aged parents or um, other family members or friends that have underlying conditions. And so, hey, how do I how do I work in a safe environment and be confident that I'm going to be doing everything in my power to um, live life? Um, and it's the learning curve or the anxiety curve or whatever you want to call that happened reasonably quick um the the new normal if you want to call it that what's going on next um i was very impressed with how quickly we were able to um get back to business in our new normal um and so and we don't we don't stop having those conversations it's um especially in today's day and age now that we're three months Four months since that there can be a relaxing in how um, um, how seriously we do take um, everything that's going on right now, and so friendly reminders occasionally help people keep people um, on task, on point, so that we do the correct thing. Yeah. Oh, I think go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that the new normal looks like not only are we interfacing uh, with the client appropriately, it's where we have sanitizers and wipes uh, that we wipe 
all the touchable parts of a truck in the cab. We wipe the tools down after each and every uh, service, uh, after each and every service appointment, wiping tools down to make sure that what we bring back to the truck is safe before we put it in the vehicle and that we can assure that next, um, our next client is receiving um, a, uh, a service call that um, is as safe and as clean as we possibly physically can uh, can provide them. So, um, and with that, how does that look at um, in our office um, and in our warehouse? We uh, adopted very early on um, um, the parts that need to be replenished every day in our service vehicles. Uh, instead of having a place where they go get their box of parts for the day, if you will. We then were starting to place those in underneath a covered dock that we have so that the guys could come retrieve those without having to come in close physical contact with their the, our warehouse staff or our office staff. We also um, were able to find out that um, one thing that we hadn't done before but only talked about is having our call center work remotely. Well, the unintended consequence, which was positive, very positive, is um, our uh, our call center staff is enjoying working from home. We, we set them up with uh, the computers at home, the, all the call, um, the phone um, programs that they need so that we can properly operate a business as though they were sitting in the same office as usual. Um, that's going to huge benefit. And what's nice is that it kind of calms everything down within our office when it doesn't feel like a beehive all day long every day, which it certainly does here. We're, a, we're a, uh, what I would consider a high-performing, busy um, office area. So it really helps calm that down and kind of it's able to relieve some of the anxiety and it's uh, kind of a nice, pleasant place to work when you uh, look at it and frame it like that. So I think I touched, did I touch most areas, marketing, our clients, and then how we are, um, how we change the entire office. So that is our new normal. And I, I would have to say, like most people, they go through it in their transition, not in our type of work, but some are similar. But once they do, they're really finding some efficiencies that they didn't look at before. So um, from that point, I think we're becoming stronger, a stronger company, and we had to get there quick. Yeah, yeah. So you you touched on a lot of things there. Um, one of the, one of the things I have to comment on this because I think you and I are are very much in alignment on this uh, specific topic, and that is the concept of the essential business. Um, I've I've felt constantly disappointed by this idea that there are non-essential businesses or uh, that you can pause or, you know, push the pause button on the market economy for some indeterminate amount of time. And uh, I, I, I feel like the, the people making those decisions really need to understand that we don't, it, you know, small businesses typically have two to three months cash max, right? And some are more fortunate than others, yeah. but generally we're not cash rich group. And, and, uh, when 
you know, you say, okay, and by the way, you can't work and we don't know when you can go back, uh, that it's going to put tremendous strain on the economy. So I, I agree completely. Now, what we do have to acknowledge is there has to be some way of doing business safely. And, uh, my wife and I had a discussion this morning or last night, I guess, uh, about, you know, when are we going to get our teeth cleaned? I don't know. Is that a luxury? Is it a, you know, but it's, you know, there is a, this place where you have to decide where you feel safe, you know? And, uh, so I, I totally agree about this idea about the essential business. We, we really have to culturally understand, um, that the market economy is essential by nature unless we're going to fundamentally change the economics of the world, which is not even a discussion for this particular podcast. Um, you know, we have to acknowledge that that's the way things are and we need to adapt. Uh, and I a hundred percent, uh, think we need to be safe about it, but, uh, with 7 billion people traveling on a regular basis internationally, pandemics are not going to go away. At least that's my personal prophetic voice. Uh, you know, and we're and and they may not be this dramatic, but we do need a, a, a way of dealing with this, and having all businesses basically understand that they're essential. Um, I I love that you touched on uh, people being at home uh, and still needing AC and plumbing and heating and stuff. Uh, Jeff, can you talk a little bit about have Have you noticed that people at home notice more problems than they do when they're working all day? That's a great point. What we what we kind of bumped into, if you want to call it that, and I in talking to uh, we're a member of a, a members own uh, home service group that nationally you share information, thoughts, ideas, successful things that are working for you, and one of the ideas or one of the thoughts that came out is that the more people are self-quarantine or stuck in their home for lack of better term is that you start noticing a lot of things that kind of bug you and then when you have to look at them or deal with them every day they really bug you and these are <laughs> yeah. these were apparent long before uh, our latest world happened to us so and not only that it's well as long as we're going to get something fixed Yep. or repaired or replaced, let's, let's do it right. Let's invest in a little bit better quality of a water heater or a faucet or any of those items or, or certainly in our HVAC heating and cooling side, let's invest in a better furnace, a better air conditioner that's more efficient, that does those things for us. And then also we're starting to lean really heavily into something that's been around for a very long time is the idea of really there's the third part of that system, which is indoor air quality or the filtration, the part that we can help contribute in someone's home that can help coin this phrase, make the home, make the air that you breathe in your home, the healthiest air that you breathe all day. And we can do that. The EPA cites that indoor air is at least two to five times more polluted than outside air. And our outside air, given different times, 
isn't all that great with pollens, with different uh, particulate pollutants and things like that. Well, something that we've always had, but now because we have a absolute legitimate focal point of COVID, we can help provide those homes with uh, proper humidification, proper uh, filtration, and then also the means of killing or certainly disabling those viruses so that they can be then filtrated in your own home. That trifecta of, um, think of it like a three-legged stool. If you can take care of those three things, your home will be uh, very much a safe place to live and breathe. Yeah, and that's that's something that uh, I think is is and I was going to touch on that a little bit later. But the the whole concept of, and you brought it up that the fact that our our indoor air, which we kind of think of our homes as these safe places, but really indoor air is not well circulated. You have off gassing from whatever you know, especially if you're in a new home or you buy new furniture, um, and you have uh, varnish or uh, foam products, mattresses, whatever. All of those things off gas. And then you have the introduction of uh, the constant introduction of germs and, and, you know, bacteria and viruses into into that area uh, just by virtue of the fact that you have a family living there. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's so. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I I think that um, that as we move forward, I know we're going to be putting a huge effort behind the idea of uh, bringing to market in a very obvious way that we do have solutions because this whole thing isn't going away for a while. We are going to have um, repeated virus attacks. If it's not this, it's the common cold or the flu even. So how do we take this whole microbial virus thing that's happening to us um, in our uh, tightly well-built homes that we have today. How do we make that air safe? And that's, um, I, I think plumbing is pretty cool stuff. I think heating and air conditioning is, is pretty exciting stuff too. So I tend to nerd out a little bit when it gets to um, all the all those types of really interesting things that we can, my on our side, in our profession, provide to the homeowner. There's a lot. Yeah, and I, I think there's, I, I, like I said before, I think that as we, we have such a huge population and we're traveling internationally, I think the spread of disease is only going to increase. And being able to find that way to, to make your home a safer spot, um, anything you can do to do that, uh, especially from that perspective, is going to be valuable, and not just for for uh, the period of this pandemic, but uh, going forward, uh, just in general, uh, to keep us safe and healthy. So I I can't wait to hear what you guys come out with with on that. Um, you you talked about uh, uh, caution fatigue a little bit, and I I wanted to touch on that. I I was watching uh, uh, a video and a doctor was talking about this fact that, that people are getting so tired of, you know, taking precautions. If you go out now, a lot of people aren't wearing masks and stuff like that. And, um, 
the I wanted to ask you, have you ever had a, a customer where you your team said we can't we can't do this because there's a, a an issue or have you been able to work around um, all of those uh, incidents where you might have someone who doesn't understand how how serious it is or doesn't um, or or doesn't believe the that it's as serious as it is have you had an experience like that we've had a few experiences and they weren't it's more comes down to common sense, Stephen. So backing up a little bit, we decided from the get-go that we were going to operate in a way that is serious, that is in compliance with at least the most current uh, information that, that we are getting. And it all came back to, and it still is, it seems to be always centering around the transmission from water vapor as being the, the largest contributor in other surface contact, yes. But how do we do that? Well, by wearing a face mask. Uh, and then my uh, my opinion on that is uh, we remind everyone that uh, who do you have in your family that might have underlying issues that if they caught this, it, they would become extremely seriously ill or it might kill them. And, I mean, if you have that in the back of your mind, you're probably going to do all the things that are correct. Now, to answer your question, so that's, and the only thing you can do that is to remind people all the time that that's what we're about. And it's amazing that, um, that our, our, our team has really embodied that. They might have personal opinions on the side, but when they're in a Allen service uniform, if they're, um, if they're providing service to our clients, that's exactly how we want to look, feel, and behave. So we do and have, not so much now, but early on, we, uh, when, a, when people call in here to our call center and they have a need, we ask the question, is everyone uh, in their home uh, healthy and not sick? We ask the same question again when someone is actually dispatched because we call ahead and make sure everyone is still there. We ask that question again. Is everyone still healthy or is ever, is anyone in your home sick? And we move forward there. And then when our service professional gets the job, they knock on the door, they back off the proper distance. They ask again to verify that everyone is healthy or not sick in their home. And it's amazing how it's not cavalier, but um, maybe it's uh, not as mindful as as, uh, as maybe someone should be or could be. We have had mm, in the last several months, and we we uh, we service a lot of homes. We've had two, maybe three uh, instances where you know this morning. Uh, one of my kids does have a fever and, and, you know, it's like, Hey, that I get it. Um, when's a good time that we can reschedule down the road. So our, our team has full permission to disengage from a service call. If they feel they're, they're going to be walking into an unsafe environment. And we, that's what we, uh, coach our team, regardless, even before this, if they thought they were going into a, unsafe situation for any reason that they have the absolute right 
to back off of that uh, particular call that day. So um, we've been, I think, with the amount of uh, service calls we provide, I think I that that feels like it's an extremely small uh, percentage of times that that's happened. Uh, but yeah, it it can happen, and our people are are well coached on how to take care of it if it does. And you know, the reason for your podcast, as we were discussing earlier, is to share um, with other businesses. Um, and I do not pretend to know the restaurant business or the hospitality business or uh, any other type of retail. But what I'm hoping is that, as I do when I listen to others speak, that I'm able to take nuggets of information that maybe I can implement in my own business and make that relevant. So um, does that answer your question? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, 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 I love what you brought up there because, yeah, the whole point of – of this podcast is twofold. One is to uh, let business owners, all, all business owners know, hey, you're not alone out there. We're all having trouble right now. We're all having these struggles. Um, but there are ways of dealing with it. And every business is going to be different. And I, I'm with you. I'm, I, I, I know the restaurant industry only because I don't like to cook. Um, but the, um, uh, the ideas that, that, you know, I think from this that people can take away one of the most powerful things is the idea of empowerment for your employees, you know, providing that leadership and that culture where an employee can say, um, A, what do I need to do to do right for this customer? And B, what, you know, I am confident and comfortable that Jeff is not going to come down on me if I take care of myself. You know, and I think that's a huge piece. The other things, you know, that I, I, I heard you say that I think are applicable to a lot of businesses. And, you know, the storefront facing businesses make up a, a percentage of small business. But there's a lot of us out here who don't have, you know, uh, uh, walk in storefronts that do small business work. And um, the the uh, concept of, you know, you said you already had PPE in your portfolio or in your work uh, routines, you brought that in maybe a little bit uh, more or, or adapted what you already did to make it a completely, you know, a, a compliant way of interacting. Uh, you have uh, the other thing that I think you can, you can, uh, business owners can take away is this idea of standardization, because you specifically said, when you have this uniform on, this is how you behave. And if they all understand how how that is supposed to be done and why, you have a uniform customer experience. That's something that uh, business owners can take away too because I think, I, I think small business owners, I don't want to go too far on this, but I think sometimes we get afraid of processes because they seem like they might be burdensome. But this is a case where having a good process and articulating it to your team uh, keeps them safe, keeps the customer safe, and also provides the customer confidence in using your product when they have to have uh, a, an Allen uh, representative coming into their home, which is a very, I mean, that's a pretty personal interaction, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, so that... that um, the other thing I wanted to, to, to touch on, uh, two more little points that, that you basically brought up, is 
this idea of zero contact, do you see, uh, for a lot of us, uh, in, in some uh, business scenarios, you know, uh, we're seeing a lot of people using Zoom and other web conferencing services. You talked about talking to people on the phone while they were away, while you were doing your service in their house. Do you see any of that being valuable to you post pandemic? Or is this something like you're going to put this in your pocket as a stopgap? And as soon as you can get away from it, you're going to stop doing it. What is that? How does that fit in in your future? Do you think? I think that it is a very valuable tool that we will bring forward with us as this uh, as this pandemic subsides and who knows what else is there. It's um, just like having uh, some of our call center staff and other office staff that don't have to be here working offsite, as we've seen, as a very positive benefit. Um, the the team is loving it that they can actually work for their from their own home and wear pajamas to work that day, whatever that looks like. <laughs> but uh, with the video conferencing uh, on some of the calls, even follow-up after, say, we've been to a house and look and then engaging with a client face-to-face-ish, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. is a very powerful personal communication tool. Um, internally, um, what we have found is that um, our one-on-one coaching meetings, if you want to call it that, um, either with ownership to uh, managers, that's typically a small group anyway, so we're able to social distance, but certainly a powerful tool that our um, different uh, managers for HVAC, for plumbing, for drains, for installation of the product, all whatever we do here, to be able to um, reach out and tap one of their people on the shoulder and say, hey, let's talk a little bit. Because it's one thing to communicate over the phone uh, best you can. But if you can look at someone in their face, see what they're about, see their emotions, really um, um, have an efficient, highly effective uh, communication time, that's one of the unintended positive consequences of this also is that that whole coaching element. And, and then the other side of that also, it sounds like it's selfishly internal, but these are one thing that we're seeing is that um, we pride ourselves in seeing what's next out there technologically on all the things that we do to be able to have, because now we're getting used to this video chat world that we're really headlong into now um, is to be able to have, uh, direct meetings with someone that might be in Denver who's an expert um, on the installation or sales side of this new widget that they might have for that. Well, we're able to get on there, ask those questions, and actually see them, and they see us. It's uh, it's a pretty effective coaching tool, and you don't have to wait till well, wait till whoever comes up to visit us in two weeks or in a month. Well, we can do it right then, right there, and so. Um, being nimble, mobile like that um, is a huge benefit. Some yeah. of the things that we're doing too, being able to call once we do a preliminary visit, um, for instance, on a new HVAC system, and they need you know, the client might need a little bait time. That you know, let's think about it because it's an investment to get high quality product. Um, that the follow up visit could be 
instead of face to face, well, let's jump jump right on a uh, a Zoom uh, chat, and uh, it seems to be a lot warmer reception. I know our our um, design consultant staff really likes doing that to be able to reach out and have a more intimate conversation with whoever that they're they're working with. So there, it's it's another arrow in the quiver of tools that we have to uh, be better. Yeah. And that's a, that's another takeaway for business owners is to embrace new technology and, and uh, you know, it, there's, there's a, a wide variety of video quality out there right now. If you, if you attending, if you're attending zoom meetings or other web conferencing tools um, uh, and, and so there's, there's definitely a learning curve. But I, I think that, um, you know, in, that, in, in the specific case that you're talking about, if you, if you have a technician in the field and they have a question about a specific component on, a, on a, an HVAC system, they could literally point their camera at it, call, you know, someone senior to them at the office and say, hey, here's the video of this spot that I'm looking at. What's the problem here? Or what do, how do I install this or something? Um, so there's a lot of tool, and then and that avoids them having to say, "Oh, I don't know what to do here. I need to go back and and talk to somebody at the office," when they can uh, just have or get somebody else to come out to the site. They can just video it to to one of their colleagues and say, "How do I do this?" and then and get walked through it potentially. Actually, uh, embarrassingly, Steve, thank you. You just pointed out one of the most basic things that I didn't mention is that for going back since there were cameras on smartphones we have we've had a few start at the beginning as early adopters but that is a fairly typical way of helping um, our uh, service professionals out in the field if they get into something that they haven't quite seen before and either a manager or someone else with different technical expertise can get on there and it's it's just like it, exactly having a camera on it we can walk through it at that time and it's it's very helpful yeah yeah and and uh i've i tell my uh application support guys every time you know if they a a customer will say well i plugged in my pulser and it's not doing this and it's doing that and blah 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 and the first question i ask is if they sent you a picture because there's almost always some kind of setup issue or something so um uh, I want to be respectful of your time, but I do have a couple more questions. Uh, the uh, you've talked a lot about the adjustments that you've made to your business and uh, how those have worked. Have you had any any points of hard decision making that came up because of COVID? Well, thankfully, no. As far as hard, like laying people off if that's what you're talking about or changing to a different line of business that we weren't ready to adopt yet uh, we we have not been we had and still are seeing um a little slowdown of what pace we were on if you want to frame it that way before uh march um but it's not as significant as our fears were back at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so having said that, we are on our particular company. Thankfully, we are, we're growing, we're hiring people. So I guess 
the best thing to say is that we, between that and being able to use the PPP funds to keep ourselves fully employed, uh, we invested in a lot of training to make sure that we were properly utilizing um, all those benefits, um, a lot of technical training, a lot of customer service training, and drive through that. That that We went through that two-month curve just like most everyone else did, and thank goodness that was available. Uh, so that made that um, that made that that part of the learning curve less painful. And no, we did not have to make the hard decisions of uh, laying people off or furloughing or any of those items. Well, and I think uh, the the takeaway there for for business owners is is a uh, or for the economy at large. Uh, I think there's there it, it's important for us to know that there is still success out there. You know, we're bombarded with news of what's not going well. Um, I think it's important to say, here's, here's an opportunity or here's a business who's um, been able to uh, continue to operate. Uh, We had to make some changes, you know, like you said, you had to do some things differently, but you've been able to adapt and, and operate throughout the, the, the crisis and I think that's an important takeaway too, is being able to focus to, and you said this at the beginning, you said, I saw what could happen and uh, being able to, as a business owner, to look at what's going on in the economy and the, envi- the, the economic environment as a whole and, and saying, how could this affect my business if it comes into my, uh, into my sphere? If, you know, if, if COVID stays in Asia, it's not going to matter too much to the plumbing and heating market in Fort Collins, Colorado. But being able to look at that and say, this looks like it's more serious uh, than some of the other than SARS or MERS, which stayed, generally speaking, uh, outside the United States. Uh, and, and, and what am I going to do as, as a business owner to make those adjustments? So that's it's still it's, it's awesome for people to be looking at that. Um, uh, is there any, just to sum up, you've given a lot of really, really good information. So thank you, uh, for that. But is there anything specific that, that you would advise or suggest to other business owners? Um, you know, obviously with the, the, uh, specifics of the, the coronavirus pandemic, um, you know, in, it just, you know, can you throw out some thoughts that, that, uh, you might offer them? Wow. Um, I'm rarely um, asked to give advice, um, probably for obvious reasons, but I would say number one, and this is probably a little bit of our upbringing, but never give up. Yeah. Make sure that you're operating business in full integrity, doing the right thing to the best of your ability. Uh, when you fail or fall or do the wrong thing, then do the right thing by making it right. Um, then I would say that be creative, be nimble, um, find ways to operate your business in this new world, more specifically to the COVID outbreak, to operate, um, covering a little bit of what we've talked about already, but make sure that your team is fully communicated to every day. It's not a one and done ever. It's every day, every way. And 
I promise you there'll be adjustments to your message because the information we get every day changes on the best way to operate as any business that's got uh, customers that you're interfacing with in some way. And to um, make sure that you're really listening to your team when it comes to um, their anxieties on what's affecting them and then ask for their ideas. Hey, we, everyone's in this together. We, we're going to operate our business. We still need to provide our goods and services. Do you have any ideas and that, um, that can make you feel more comfortable and confident relying on the, the guidelines that we're operating on? Um, and the biggest thing is don't give up. I mean, that we, uh, the first blush when this first thing came through, I had heard of companies that fully pulled in their service component and just went in a different direction, which I get it. I don't, you know, I don't condemn them for it, but I don't have a plan B. We only have a plan A. <laughs> so it better be good and you better be, you better be pretty nimble at it. So, um, and there's always that fourth or fifth element to it is, um, you know, good luck happens to people that are trying really hard all the time. And so I think that we've been really fortunate being in Northern Colorado, um, uh, having a, an amazing community um, that um, is highly adaptable themselves. And so if you're in Northern Colorado doing business, we are all in this together, literally. So um, the things that affect me affect you and vice versa. That is, that is so true. And, and yeah, just to kind of tie that up into a very short statement, basically get up one more time than you get knocked down, right? That's exactly right. Fail forward if you have to, but get back up. Yeah, yeah. So uh, is, there, is there a book or a course or a YouTube channel or, or any other resource that you go to regularly that you'd like to share? Here's the dead air part, Steve. Um, <laughs> actually, with us, because um, I, I, I think this is very important, is I think as in any business, you have a community of peers, and we're all a little brighter when we work together. I'd mentioned earlier in our podcast that we're members of a member-owned organization that's national, a little bit international, that is put together so that you can share successful um, stories or things that are working for you. It's that uh, it's almost like a personal board of directors, if you want to call it that, that if you're having a hard time, turn to someone that, uh, to others that you, you can figure it out together. And I'm pretty darn sure that any and all businesses out there have their version of that. Um, business books that you read um, over time, they're always great background and feedback and just look at your best seller of business books without getting too deep into the water on those. But um, uh, that would be what my advice would be. No, I don't currently listen to a business-specific podcast other than this one now. <laughs> that's, um, that's the right answer. <laughs> so um, that would be, I think if you turn to your peers for help and advice first and then uh, get some other uh get information uh, globally, that would be what tactic I would suggest. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Jeff. So uh, before we tie up, I'd like you to, you to, to uh, let everybody know 
where people can find out more and uh, maybe tie up with a a comment on how uh, how Allen Service Plumbing, Heating, and Air can help uh, with uh, people's indoor air quality uh, in this particular moment. And then, you know, phone numbers, contact information. Where would you like people to go? Certainly. I would say, number one, our website. If we're in the process of updating uh, information um, all the time. As we speak today, we're in the process, uh, two-week process of uploading um, some ideas uh, of some uh, systems that you can uh, use. Actually, they are add-ons to your heating and air conditioning system that as I spoke of earlier, and having some relevant information, also some links to um, some data so that um, it doesn't feel like we're, um, uh, that it's uh, snake oil or anything like that. There's some really effective systems we have. We are a home service um, contractor, so we're uniquely set up our, our in our wheelhouses to take care of um Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner. Um, there are some other fine companies out there that would have similar solutions that are more in the commercial service arena. I realize this is business to business, um, but I'm pretty darn sure that uh, most business owners out there uh, have some kind of a home that they live in, so this would affect them that way. Um, so uh, that would be... Uh, what I would suggest, that's what I have right now as far as some information coming forward. Um, and uh, I guess that's what I have to say. What's the URL for your website? It is www.allenservice.com. Awesome. So uh, uh, thank you very much. That was This has been Jeff Allen with Allen Service Plumbing, Heating, and Air on Pivot to Profit. I appreciate your time. Uh, Thank you for joining us. You're most welcome. I enjoyed it. Wow. So that, I I can't tell you how much I enjoyed talking to Jeff uh, and getting his perspective about all of those things. Um, When, as I wrap this up and as I wrote the show notes, there were three things that really came back to me as takeaways, as, as if you could take away just one or two, or, or like I said, three things from that conversation, what would they be? And the first one was look at the facts, not the fear. Um, look at what you can identify and act on and don't get consumed with what could possibly go wrong. Uh, you can identify what can go wrong, but don't get consumed by it. Um, the next thing I took away was identifying how your business can have a meaningful impact uh, and, and that's always going to be something you should look at. And so that's a, a, an important takeaway. But when there's a crisis, uh, whether that's a, a, a pandemic or a business crisis or some other situation in the marketplace, how can you create and, and have a meaningful impact? So you're not just, we're not just talking about how can you grow your business? How can you make more money? That's not what I'm talking about. It's how can you have a positive, meaningful impact in the, in the world uh, or in your marketplace uh, in times of, of uh, stress? And so that was one that I think that uh, 
Jeff articulated very well how how Allen Service is really being able to to dig into that um, and make that happen. And uh, then finally, uh, it, his focus on taking care of his team and his customers was really inspiring to me because they had always had PPE in place, personal protective equipment in place. Um, but they so so when this came around, they expanded that. Um, but it just it was part of a culture that was already uh, taking care of his people, his team, and his customers. You know, how do we respect the home that we're going to go into? So that was awesome. And I I, uh, I know I've gone long this time, and and so I won't go any further on that. But it was just really great. Um, thank you so much for listening. Pivot to Profit is a special segment of the Up and to the Right podcast where you can find it on iTunes and basically any of your favorite podcatchers. If you need to pivot or make other adjustments to improve your business, go to beyond50percent.com. There'll be a link in the show notes uh, and uh, learn more about what, how we help business owners and entrepreneurs. Thanks again for listening.